Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of The Rodcast and today we're asking a big question. What are the ministry gifts that we can use to help equip people? So Pastor Rod, can you talk to us about uh, this part of the Bible where this concept comes up, the fivefold gifts of ministry and kind of what it means to us as church leaders today? Yeah, very important uh, scripture in Ephesians chapter 4. It talks about Jesus raising from the dead and giving gifts to people. And it mentions five gifts. And here, here's the key. The five gifts are declared to be uh, equipping people for works of ministry, equipping people for their works in the church and life. It's, it's, it's gifts that equip, gifts that give, gifts that prepare. It's found in Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, I'll just read the, the two scriptures we're going to read here, verse 11 and 12. It was he, Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare. That's the key word here, to prepare people, to equip people, to um, release people into what they should be released into so that the body of Christ may be built up. So these are gifts in people, men and women, to, to build, to build other people. It's pretty powerful, really. I, I, I think if you were thinking in terms of the world, it would be um, a sports world to be a coach. Business world would be like a training, a training CEO or, or a, a startup with a training um, person who just loves to train staff. It's a, a picture that's very, very positive in every part of society. Um, a trainer, a, a mentor, a coach, um, think of some of these words. These are the gifts, and there's five of them, which shows to me differentiation. It shows to me that there is different angles on these gifts, which I think is pretty exciting because it means we can have all these different gift mix that makes us different leaders, uh, but all with the one mm. end, and the one end is equipping people. And Okay, so... This part of the Bible, what was the kind of context that uh, this was brought up? It was Paul writing, right? Paul writing to the, a church called the Ephesians. And I love this, this whole book because as he writes to the whole church, the whole Ephesian church, he's talking, first of all, he says how blessed you are, how loved you are, grace is on you, uh, you're, you're being adopted into God's family, sons and daughters. The language of chapter one is incredibly blessed. We're so blessed through Jesus Christ. And Chapter two, the theme is now that we're blessed, we, we're saved through faith, but we are saved to do good works. We're saved to do something, to, to find a hole and fill it, to find a gap, to find a need, to let our lives be full of purpose. Chapter two, pretty, pretty incredible. Chapter three is talking more about the church, how we as individuals form a body called the church or the community of believers. And chapter four, is a change point in the whole book. And it starts talking about, okay, now you're sons and daughters, and now that you're saved and, and, and you know, ready to do something, and, uh, and you're in the church, now know that there are gifts to prepare you for works of service. And that's where we get to chapter four. It says, when Jesus rose from the dead, you need to know this, there was a new release of gifts. Now, it's pretty interesting because some of these five gifts are not really mentioned in the Old Testament. They're there in seed form or shadow form, but they're not fully okay. developed as, as gifts. Some are and some are not at all. So as we come to apostle, we're going to learn, we might do that next week or whatever, 
we're going to learn that's not in the Old Testament. Well, very, very, very rare. Right. When we come to profit, it is an Old Testament concept. So sure. we've got to look at each one through the New Testament eyes. But even profit is very, very different in New Testament than Old Testament, which we'll enjoy talking about that because mm-hmm. some people are have a certain style and you think, well, that's actually Old Testament. New Testament prophecy is incredible. And then evangelist is not really used in Old Testament. Teacher, well, it sort of is, but everyone's supposed to be a teacher in their own family, teach your children. Mm. And pastor, shepherd, is a picture of the Old Testament. So various strands of these words are in the Old Testament. New Testament, Jesus resurrects from the dead and says, these are to establish people in the church and in their lives. Pretty exciting stuff, hey, Ephesians chapter 4. Mm, yeah, so some new concepts there and some old ones. And we're going to break that down over the next few weeks um, and spend an episode on each one of those gifts. Uh, but as a kind of overview, what, why, why was it so important uh, for Paul to bring this up? How was this going to help uh, equip people to build the church? Um, I think there's two answers. One is supernatural issues that Jesus mm-hmm. just said, this is the way it is, resurrection, and now, boom, here's some gifts. Mm-hmm. And then there's the development of those gifts. So none of us actually get saved or grow up in the fullness of any of those gifts. In fact, there's only one who had the fullness of all five, and that's Jesus Christ himself. But but he gave those gifts, which is supernatural. It's it, you, you can't choose it for yourself. The the Bible says the gifts and calls of God are without uh, God can't call it back in Romans eleven twenty nine that what God puts on your life is His choice, His sovereign choice. You can't desire to be someone else. You are you, but you can discover and develop, and that's the human side. And I think the best place for that is in the church under good mentorship, um, under good leadership, uh, that we can uh, identify and then start to see fruitfulness in our own lives, in developing other people. So I think it's a, it's a divine human connection, but it certainly starts with God's choice. So these are these are gifts we are born with? I believe so. I believe it's in our DNA. I think when okay. God, you know, we could talk about a couple of scriptures where, um, Old Testament now, but uh, Jeremiah 1 where he says, I was um, chosen from the womb to be a prophet. Or David in Psalm 139 says, I right. I am wonderfully made. I know this well when I was formed in my mother's womb and all these things happened in my mother's womb. So we're talking about DNA. We're talking about God's choice for DNA. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm an absolute believer in destiny and purpose for every mm. single person on the planet. I believe God mm. has put seeds of greatness in us. Now, we've got to find Jesus, but he's put within us the ability to do great things. And it says that in in Ephesians, actually, right at the beginning, it says that we were in love. He adopted us. He predestined us to be his sons and daughters. To and and, and before the creation of the world, he he chose us. He he selected us. Now I don't think that means he selected a few. I think that means he selected the lot. But people can have an un you know unfulfilled um whatever in life, but God put it in our DNA. I'm an absolute mm-hmm. believer that everyone has a chance to be great in God, in Jesus Christ. Um, so therefore, it's God's choice. And as a father of two very different boys, I'm so glad that God made the choice because we love our two boys. They're so different. We love them individually and we love them the same. 
Um, but the difference is fun. It's hugely fun in a family. You got four boys. They they look similar. <laughs> yeah, but they're all they're all different, and that's fun, right? The the, yeah. the fun the, the fun nature of God is to mm-hmm. create, and mm-hmm. and I don't think God creates like a factory. I think He creates like a father, and He, he wow, look at this one, look at this one, and look at the and and so. Um, I, I'm a firm believer. Everybody has the DNA of, of God's choice in them, but of course they must choose Jesus in their life um, to fulfill that. But yeah, that's why there's so many gifted people in the world, even who are non-Christians. They're gifted because God put the gift in them, music, athletics, dance, yeah. uh, drama, uh, business, IT. God put it in. It's, it's a God-given thing. And these five gifts are also God-given to bring out that incredible giftedness in people through the local church. So these are these specifically for ministry? Can these be used in like business contexts and other contexts like that? Or do we see shadows of that? Yeah, I think exactly what you said, um, uh, shadows I, 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 or um, parts. Yeah. Or, or parts unfulfilled, but just still powerful. Yeah. You see, we, you see, as human beings, we may not be saved or have the have the the presence of Christ in our lives, but that doesn't nullify the God nature. When it says God created Adam and Eve, and He said, "Very good," it's really, really, really good. It's um, the Hebrew word tov, which is just a beautiful concept of wholeness and completion and beauty. And I think even people without Jesus are like that. But we need Jesus to be saved to go to the next world, which is called heaven, everlasting life. Um, but the answer, I think that every, I think every believer does have something of these five gifts. As we explain them, people are going to go, yeah, yeah, I can recognize that in my life or my dad's life mm. or my friend's life. I think there'll be recognition of parts of these gifts in people around us. Uh, yeah. However, the, these specific ones it says are for the building up of the local church. So that's the, mm-hmm. the direct fulfillment of these gifts. But yeah, I think, I think, I think we're going to see all of those gifts in some areas of, um, of business and life. Yeah. You can correct me if I'm wrong here, but, but the way that I'm, I'm thinking about it is almost like the full expression of these gifts come out through ministry in the church context. But these, the gifts that, you know, for non-Christians, they haven't, they're not in that context yet, but maybe the apostles have this pioneering spirit that leads them to start businesses and, or, uh, I've seen people who I've thought, man, if you, if you were a Christian, you'd make such a good pastor. Like there's a real gift of shepherding on your life. Like, do you feel like that? Is is, Uh, is that accurate or? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I see every people every person that comes into church, whether they believe it or not, with the potential, with the eyes of potential. You know, I, I see children with different giftings. I see um, business leaders and sports people, and, and I see yeah. the giftings all over the place, but I know that the, the greatest fulfillment is when they come to Jesus and then they help other people as well. That's called overflow. And I think mm. that if ministry is over, the word ministry means service, it doesn't mean leadership. It means serving. Okay. It's the same, it's the same word, to serve. So 
you know, for people to have gifts, that doesn't mean they become dominant. Oh, I've got all these gifts. I'm amazing. No, they should say, I've got all these serving areas. <laughs> How can I help you? It's quite a different concept, isn't it? Right. Um, and I think that if people have that attitude, it's going to, it's going to come out more. The, the concept of overflow and other people, you know, lo- you know love for other people it fulfills these gifts. It's really the highest use of these gifts, which is also in the local church. And then, like you said before, uh, these things are almost linked to destiny, like gifts and calling. All of it goes together. And the more we understand of our own gifts, then, you know, we're, we're moving closer to God's call yeah. in our life and, yeah. and all, of, all of that. Is, is, that, is that fair to say yeah, as well? Absolutely. I think this is called purpose. You know, there's a great mm-hmm. quote we're using from Mark Twain. Um, it's also used by our very good friends in Highlands. This, the, the, ver- the, the not a verse. It's a a um, quote that says, "There's two great days in your life: the day when you were born, and the day when you find out why." That's by a guy called Mark Twain, and I think there's mm-hmm. huge truth in this why. And I think when people get close to the why, they live much more fulfilled lives, mm-hmm. um, living in their gift living in their passion, living in their zone, living in their lane, whatever metaphor we want to use as people discover and find that fulfillment uh, comes in. And then especially as there's overflow to others, there's further fulfillment. And I think this is why so many very successful people in the business world, many I've met, um, not, are not just successful through through their their hard work and their brain and and the rest, but when they start to give and release, they at a higher level, mm. um, a, a level that they feel fulfilled. You know, with this big word philanthropy, um, it means to love humanity. Um, that, that it's a higher level. Now, again, I'm not saying they are believers in Jesus, but I see the gift. I see the excitement as people serve with their successful gifts. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And for us, for those of us who are pastors listening, um, how, how, how should we incorporate this into our leadership? And can you talk to the difference between doing all the ministry and then also equipping people to do the ministry? Yeah, um, I'm so glad that as a baby Christian, when I was 19, I went to a very good church where it was modeled that there are people there training right from the beginning of my Christian life. I saw pastors training and not necessarily pastors, church leaders training. Um, I saw it, I witnessed it, I was part of it, and then I did it. So so this is what I think is a very natural thing. Now, again, the words that, that Ephesians says is these gifts were given to prepare people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up. So context of these gifts is it's not about me ultimately. And I think this is really important that the, the gifts are given to help others. And, um, I, you know, as in my ministry life, I've seen people who were scared to release others or train others because then they say, well, what's left for me? What do I do? If I train others, they might be better than me. And I, I, I just can't understand that because I thinking through the eyes of multiplication that, that as we release our best, we get more from God. I think this is a really important concept with um, Jesus in Luke 6.38 where he says, given it shall be given to you and the same measure you give, it shall be imparted back to you. 
And I think this is an area where it absolutely applies that if I give my best, I absolutely give my best. I've got to believe there's going to be a download from heaven. Mm. Um, I've got to believe that. And unfortunately, some people, you know, take things and run on their own. But in the end, that's okay because I've got to believe for more download from heaven. Um, so that's what Jesus said. In the Old Testament, right there in Genesis, I think it's 24, there was Isaac, son of Abraham. He was a well digger. He built, he dug wells that brought water to a dry country. Very important job. And the enemy came and closed the wells or took over the wells. And Isaac said, I'll just build another well. I'll just build another well. I think it was four times until no one challenged. And the principle to me on that is that the ability to, to dig the wells wasn't in the place, it was on the person. And, and so I think you put a great person wherever, they're going to start flourishing in their gift in that environment. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's a bit hard to get through that, but I think we have to believe that these gifts are on us to prepare others no matter what the result of that is. Mm-hmm. Um, praise the Lord. God used me and he's going to use me again. So I've got absolute confidence in these gifts, in the, the anointing, the gift is on the person not on the place, not on the history. The the gift is on the person, and that person will, fl- as long as they keep their hearts right, will flourish. So um, these gifts are for me, and they're for you, and they're for overflow. And as we do that, there will be multiplication and joy and happiness in the local church, which is the context. And also on the flip side, like when this doesn't happen and you've got a leader who's doing, trying to do everything, do, do all the, all the ministry yeah. in the church. It's also a cap on, yeah. on what God can do in, in, in that location or, or, or how big that church could grow. And yeah, yeah, definitely seen Absolutely. that before. Yeah. I, I you know, like I've in my own leadership sometimes <laughs> got to give it to someone else, get someone else involved. Yeah, well, like you know, look, we we talk about you know the the concept of being a lone ranger and um, uh, or the or team builder. I know I'd rather be a team builder. Um, I I think even the most talented person has a cap. Mm-hmm. No matter who that person is, they they have a ceiling, a cap. Let's let's say it's in the church or a sports team. If they do it themselves, people will come, people will join, people will be excited until there is a limit. And that person then must release and train other people for the next season of growth to occur. Um, I've seen this all over the world. Um, in, in, you know, I've, I've, I've been to so many countries and being able to share on leadership and I've seen the same thing. People who are trainers keep growing. People who are releasers and equippers keep growing. Um, I want to be like that. I don't ever want to be the lone ranger or the head honcho or the whatever the mm. whatever uh, metaphor we use, I would rather be the the, the trainer um, in these five ministry gifts to prepare people who works of service to 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 do that. I want to do that, and I'm 63 and I still want to do that. You know, like I don't. There's not no time I've ever thought, well, I can settle down and let it be about me. I think that's um that's not being true to the gift or to who you are. I I think. People who have these gifts want to continually develop. I don't mean we become um, uh, like weirdly 
driven, but I do think yeah. that the natural desire will will present again and again. And I think it's once you see the fruit of 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 living this way and leading this way, it's like you, I I just can't imagine you can go back because <laughs> it's so no. small. This it's yeah. so big when when you're equipping others for these yeah. works of ministry, and yeah. it's so fun. Yeah, it's um, it's it's what these gifts are for. That the highest f- fulfillment of these gifts is seeing others released. And that's what I'm talking about, overflow, equipping, releasing. And just can we talk about the word equipping for a little while? Because mm-hmm. that seems to be the key word here. These gifts yep. are for equipping. The original Greek word, I know we're not going to do a Greek lesson here, but the original Greek word katartizo means to mend. And it was used um, twice, once in Matthew, once in Mark, of Jesus observing uh, James and John fixing the nets. It's the same word, fixing repairing. And so you think of these these um, very, very good fishermen, these professionals who've gone fishing and they see some holes in the net and they've got to, they've got to tie it and tie knots. And the, the funny thing is, is when you tie a knot in a, like a, a professional knot in a net, that area is stronger than the rest. So it's not saying when you fix the net, it's always going to have this perpetual weakness. No, no, no. It's saying when you repair it, it actually will be stronger. And the same word is used not in the Bible, but in, in ancient literature. The same word, katatizo, is used of mending a broken bone. Now, when I was um, a teenager, I broke my wrist bones by skate- skateboarding down a hill. Very crazy back then. And um, I, I'm left-handed, so I put my left hand out to catch my fall, and I broke my, my, my bones here. And um, when, it, when it got fixed, they said it was stronger than... The other wrist, there was more. There was more calcium. There was more bone, and so the picture of equipping is not just teaching; it's seeing this supernatural strengthening, um, making right. stronger, wider, deeper. Um, where there was weakness, there can be strength, and I think it's a beautiful picture of these gifts helping people on the healing journey and the learning journey to be what they should be. So I think that that's why it's also supernatural because it's not just me, you know, it's not me doing it. It's, it's right. me using the gifts of God and then seeing God do beautiful things in people's lives, which we do all the time. Mm. We, if, if this was just about me, I would have left this long ago. Right. Um, but because I see so many people healed and restored and put in place over and over again, I think, wow, I want to keep doing this. Um, this is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I, I think, again, it's the overflow of helping others to overcome, get stronger, accomplish. Um, a bit like you with your, you know, your boys, me with my boys. You want them to, to be all they could be. Yeah. And part of that, unfortunately, in life is helping them through hurts. Maybe they get bullied or disappointed. Or, and we have to be the dads and mums who help them through that time and get stronger. That's what, that's our, that's our job. Mm-hmm. And I think these gifts has that component, although I would never call myself people's father, but the concept of fathering or helping or coaching or whatever yeah. is in these, these words to see people yeah. prepared for works of service so that the body of Christ is built up and there's unity and there's praising God. And I, it's a happy church. 
So the word itself, equipping, is more than teaching. It is a supernatural mm. concept that people get all they need for their success. And it's all about Jesus. Yeah, so it definitely is a spiritual, there's a spiritual component to this whole process of equipping people. But what about the human side of it? What 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 part do we play in, in that yeah. equipping process? Well, I think with equipping in any church, specifically church leadership, I think there's two really key things. One is passion and one is process. And passion has to be what we talked about right up to this point. It's what I do. It's who I am. It's what I want to do. There's passion. There's a belief that we can train others. The second part, though, is process. And I think a lot of churches, especially in some areas where they haven't had exposure to a lot of church life, um, don't know how to bring in a process or a training track. Um, mm. So I think it's really important that we um, look around and and get a basic training track in the church that people can know where they're up to in terms of leadership training. So in Lifehouse, we've been talking about this thing called the leadership loop, and it's like a helicopter view of leadership where there's three points and all sound similar and all sort of up or they're part of a loop, so they're all connected. The first one is when we get cultural agreement, which means biblical agreement and just the way we do church agreement. That's number one, that we actually have to teach and train and really inspire. We teach God's word, and but we have to inspire people to a great life and mm -hmm. uh, inspire people to be part of a, a church together. So there needs to be, you know, a, a lot of the, the giftings we can, I don't want to get ahead of my myself yeah. here, but, but the, the giftings are part of that different parts of that, like starting, middle, ending. Mm -hmm. Those five-fold yeah. giftings are quite different how they interact. But number one is cultural agreement. Number two mm -hmm. is engagement and opportunity, giving people a chance to lead and I'm going to be involved. I'm going to help. I'm going to train you. And again, th th these gifts are to um, equip people for works of service. So there were, the first part was the, the teaching and agreement, inspiration. The second part is now that you're a leader, let's talk leadership or let's train you for leadership, get you ready, and um, here we go, away you go, and we're going to then... And the third one is feedback, where we're now on the same sort of page, and I'm training you, but you're also feeding back, and we're a team, and we're in unity. So I think that when you read these scriptures, we haven't actually read the last part of what it says. It says these mm -hmm. gifts are for developing... Um, people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. Mm. So that's a leadership gift to be able to teach and lead into unity, which is not uniformity. We're not all the same, but we're in the same uh, boat. We're in the same church. And then it says in the knowledge of the Son of God becoming mature. Mature means we're not, we're not um, babies anymore, attaining to yeah. the whole measure of Christ. They're no longer infants tossed them back and forth by the wave. So now we're growing up in the group and becoming leaders. Um, verse 15, we speak the truth in love. We grow up to Christ and we all join one body, but many parts. This is the leadership loop. How does it happen? It happens through godly leadership in their place, developing yep. people with a, with a pathway, a process. Mm -hmm. And that's why we've developed so many leaders in Lifehouse churches is because we've had the passion and we've also had the process right from the beginning. And we can always improve, but <laughs> we, are in, we are trying to improve everything. But basically that's been in place for 21 years. And 
How long have you been part of Lifehouse, Richard? Uh, it must be 15, maybe and more. And so you've been part of yeah. this whole leadership process. And then mm-hmm. when did you become a leader and helping others? How many, how many years first, in? Well, in my first year, okay. I, became, I became a Connect Group leader. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that, that happened very early. That's 14 years ago. And then you've been helping others. And so, and the ones you've helped have helped others. And so this is this first, second, third generation leadership loop mm-hmm. that everybody talks about, you know, the, the way you get to multiplication is you just keep increasing those levels so that three generations would really be a church growth movement. Um, and by and the way, also- it gets, it gets more fun. Like the more generations, the more fun it gets. So. Just ex- just explain that. What, what what do you mean? Well, I think everyone wants to live a life of significance and have an impact on other people. Uh, I think once you've got, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit is alive in your heart and you're following Jesus, you want to have uh, a, a, a supernatural impact on people. And when you see yeah. people impacting, because... You can impact someone and that's good. It helps them. But them impacting someone else uh, helps themselves and someone else. Yeah. Because every time you teach someone, you grow. Yeah. And so there's this, uh, it's it's doubled. And then mm-hmm. it's it's doubled, but it's also more people. So, yeah. you know, that's the multiplication that we're talking about. It's not just a 2x, it's a Great. 4x and then a 10x and... Yeah. And so then you, you're you're seeing that your your little impact is actually having a massive impact, and um, that becomes incredibly rewarding. And then plus, yeah. these are all people, and people mm. are wonderful, and getting to know people and they and seeing their gifts come out and they're better at things than you are, and you help them unlock something that you could never do yourself personally because uh, you're not that talented in that area but you're seeing them absolutely flourishing. And I think if you care about people, which I, I, I think we all should, it's, it's, it's such an exciting process. Mm. And so I just think it, yeah. I, I don't know, I, I became addicted to seeing life change. I think yeah. it's a really joyful thing. And, and again, at my age, I still, I still enjoy that. It's the reason why I'm mm-hmm. a pastor. Um, yeah. Because I just I, I love hearing the story. I see the change in hearing the stories mm-hmm. and seeing people blessed. So good, mate. Yeah. Well, let's 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 still believe for more of these giftings. I believe it's mm-hmm. on everybody in some seed form. Let's mm-hmm. believe people are going to get saved. They're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit, full of His Word, yep. and ready for a higher level use. I think that's a great way to live our lives. It's great. Well. Before we jump into the next episode, which will be breaking down each gift episode by episode, you taught us this hand thingy to help us remember each. Could you give us a summary of what each gift is and then teach us the hand thing and then we can kind of use that? Does that have a name? I call it the hand thing. The hand thing. Not the name. It's just just what they call a mnemonic, which means a, a memory tool. Okay. Uh, the fivefold gifts is that um, the your, your, your this finger is the prophetic because it, it's the pointer. This this this, this one is the evangelist middle one because it reaches the furthest. Okay. This one is the ring finger, so it's talking about marriage, and relationships, and uh, the little one is the teacher because he gets in your ear. 
<laughs> which is the pastor, was it? The- and the apostle is the thumb which can touch everyone at some time. It's like a okay. multitask. So the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, mm-hmm. and the apostle can touch every part at some time of their process. Mm-hmm. Just a little Very memory. cool. All right. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, let's break it down over the next episode. So see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Pastor Rod, why don't you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this and we'll see you next time.